Hi, I'm Pastor Jason from Yokine Baptist Church, and this is a sermon recorded at one of our Sunday morning services. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged by this message and that it draws you closer to God. Enjoy. We're reading from Joshua 1 today. Uh, Joshua and his daughter's leader. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you all, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land um, that I am about to give them to the, to the Israelites. I will give you every place in where, where you set your foot, where you set your foot, sorry, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So I will be with you. I will never leave you, never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. I be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate, it, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Um, Joshua, chapter one, we're into. You know, in, um, in ministry circles, it's well known that when you make a decision on appointing a new pastor, that you need to consider who their predecessor was, because that can make a difference to how things go. And one of the things that you find is that it's really hard to follow someone who's been there for like 20 years and everyone's super loved because you're always trying to compare. I mean, can you imagine following someone like Billy Graham? It's like, those are huge shoes to fill and you, you never could. You know, you'd always be looking over your shoulder thinking, am I doing a decent enough job, you know? Well, there's this expression that God buries his workmen but his work goes on. Leaders don't lead forever. Even leaders as awesome as Moses. You thought I was going to say myself, didn't you? Yeah. Leaders as awesome as Moses. Um, there comes a time in every ministry when God calls for a new beginning, a new generation, new leadership. You see, in the case of the Israelites, they'd spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness, and apart from Joshua and Caleb, everyone else in that generation had passed on. The old generation had perished in the wilderness, and now Joshua is being commissioned to lead the new generation into a new challenge of entering and conquering the promised land. Imagine how hard it must have been for Joshua to follow Moses. 
I mean, Moses was an absolute legend. He'd single-handedly conquered Egypt. He'd led his people across the sea in a mighty miracle. In fact, he was considered so great that the coming Messiah was even compared to him. So Moses, so like, for instance, God said to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. And so people always look forward to the Messiah as coming as being like Moses. I mean, how does Joshua compare with that? But Joshua loved and respected Moses and all that he'd done for Israel. In fact, you'll find that, that Moses is actually mentioned 57 times in the book of Joshua. This is in spite of the fact that he's dead. That's how much respect Joshua had for Moses. But more importantly, Joshua worshipped the same God that Moses worshipped. He obeyed the same word that God had given the nation. The leaders may have changed, but the Lord has not. You see, the important thing is not the servant, but the master. Now, you've probably seen at campaign rallies, the US president likes to say, promises made, promises kept. I'm not convinced that any politician in the history of the world could actually claim that they've kept every promise they've made. I'm not convinced that there's a single leader in the history of the world of any nature who could claim they've kept all their promises. In fact, I would hazard to, to say that if we were to look at ourselves in the mirror, we would go, hmm, maybe I can't claim that I've kept every one of my promises. Because to claim that would be to claim you are perfect. And none of us is perfect. None of us can make that same. There's only one person, and I use the word person very loosely, in all of history who has always, always kept his promises. And that's God himself. And the psalmist puts it this way. Yahweh is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. He's the only one. And so as God appoints Joshua to lead the Israelites, he reminds Joshua that he is a God who keeps his promises. So he says to Joshua, I want you and all these people to get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place you set your foot just as I promised Moses. God bases his future on his past. He says to Joshua, I promised in the past and I've delivered in the past so you know I'm going to deliver in the future. You see, there's this wonderful continuity here that, that the leader might be changing, but the promise is the same because God is the same. God promised the Israelites material blessings in an earthly place, and he kept every one of those promises. And Israel received their land not because they earned it, but because of the grace of God. In the same way, we can't earn the blessings God gives us. You know, if we, if we could earn them, we could lose them. So the blessings that God promises to us, we receive by God's grace. 
Now, I said last week as we introduced this book of Joshua that it's not really a book about Joshua. It's a book about God. This book is an incredible example of God's faithfulness. The Bible constantly makes the point that we can trust God's promises because he always keeps his promises. You see, God reveals his nature by his actions. You know, a bit like James said in the New Testament, he said, you know, your faith will be made evident by the way you act. Well, God's nature, he can only act in accordance with his nature. And he, by doing this, by proving that he always, always keeps his promises, God reveals that that's the kind of God he is. One who always and only in the whole universe is the only one who is ever truly faithful. Joshua, towards the end of the book, went on to say that Yahweh gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. Yahweh gave all their enemies into their hand. Not one of all of God's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. In Corinthians, Paul likens these same promises to Jesus when he says that the promise of Jesus Christ who was preached among you by us was not yes and no, but in him it's always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. That's why we can trust God now. Because God has proven in the past that he has always been trustworthy. In the next part of this uh, passage, God gives Joshua a challenge. He says to him, be strong and courageous. But it's a challenge that is based on the promise of God's faithfulness. Joshua can be strong and courageous because God is with him and God keeps his promises. Charles Spurgeon put it this way, and it's a bit, bit long-winded. You'll find it interesting to try and translate this one. Joshua was not to use the promise as a couch upon which his indolence might luxuriate. Doesn't that sound cool? But as a girdle wherewith to gird up his loins for future activity. In other words, God's promises are not meant to be pillows, but they're meant to be prods to move you forward to action. God gives this challenge to Joshua three times. And I think it's helpful to see why God gives this promise, why Joshua can have strength and courage. Firstly, he says, and this is between verses 5 and 9, he says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. He goes on to say, You will lead these people to the land that I swore to give their ancestors. So it's based on God's promise. And then he says, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for Yahweh your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, Joshua's strength and courage doesn't come from himself. It comes from God's presence and from God's faithfulness. When my kids were a bit younger, uh, one of them used to get bullied a lot. So his big brother 
would stand alongside him and scare the bullies off. You know, and sometimes in my ministry, uh, it's my job to stand up for people who are bullied. Sometimes whether they might be up against big government or up against big business and they're, and they're feeling like they're being bullied and I stand beside them and give them strength. Well, here Joshua is not talking about having a big brother to stand. He's not talking about having a pastor or a member of parliament or whatever. He's talking about having God himself standing beside him. And if that's not enough to give him courage, I don't know what will. In last week's um, introduction to Joshua, we noticed that the promise of land was meant to be a reversal of what happened to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve lost the Garden of Eden. They lost a home. They lost a place to belong. And so for the Israelites, God promised them to have that place in Canaan. But more importantly, Adam and Eve lost the, the privilege of walking in the presence of God. We hope you're enjoying our sermon recording. Don't worry, it's not over just yet. I'm just here to quickly let you know that we need your help. As you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed everything, including how we run our church. Unfortunately, it hasn't had an effect on our running costs. We're happy to continue building our community together through whatever online means we have, but we still need your offering to cover all of our ongoing costs. To make a once-off or recurring donation to us, visit ybc.church give. Or if you'd prefer to transfer something to us directly, fill out the contact form on our webpage and ask for more information. So consider this the portion of our church service where we would hand around that offering bag. Just visit ybc.church give. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of our sermon. See, the whole of Scripture is all about getting that back again, getting back what they lost. It's getting back into that state of wonderful, blessed relationship. And so God promises to be with Joshua. This is the same promise that he made to Abraham, to Moses, to David later on. This is a promise of incredible hope for all humanity and if God promised never to leave Joshua, he also promises never to leave us. In fact, when Jesus was born, this is how Matthew put it. She will give birth to his son and give him the name Jesus, which is just a variation of the, of the name Joshua. In Hebrew, Yehoshua. Because he will save their people from their sins. And then he goes on to say that this took place to fulfill what the prophet said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise to restore that relationship with God that was lost to us all the way back in Genesis. God's promise is to always be with us. And we've already seen that God always keeps his promises. And that gives us strength and courage. Finally, when Adam and Eve were cast out of Eden, they were told that they would have to work hard to survive. Now, the Israelites knew what it meant to work hard and to struggle. Uh, their lot up until this time had included warfare and slavery and famine and all these sorts of things. 
And what they longed for, they longed to enter a place of rest. And with this as our background, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Rest means that we no longer have to work for our salvation. Jesus has already done that for us. Jesus' saving work is the only way to move into a relationship with God. And so this is what the writer to Hebrews is talking about when he describes this rest. He says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. The whole drive towards this promised land is based on this promise of finding a place of rest. Now, hang on, where am I? Oh, I have to go to that map there. I'll put these two slides the wrong way around. Numbers 32 uh, describes, you can see up here on the map, it's not exactly huge, but you can see basically you've got the Jordan River runs down this side of, of Israel. And so this area east of the Jordan, what they call Transjordan, um, was not part of the original promise. But when these tribes over here saw that land, and they kind of thought, oh, wow, you know, this land we've already kind of pretty much taken over, and it looks really good for all of our herds, they asked Moses if they could stay on that side. And so what Moses did, he said, fine, I'll let you stay on this side, but you have to make us a promise. Moses, he said, you need to promise that when you cross over into this land, that you won't just sit there and, and rest over on that side of the Jordan, that you will instead come with the rest of the tribes and you will fight with them until they have rest as well. And so in the second part of this chapter, Joshua reiterates that problem and gives the challenge to these people. So they've crossed over, they've got this land is available to them, they can rest, but the rest of the tribes can't. And so Joshua says to them, okay, your wives and your livestock can stay over on that land that God gave to you, east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. That's an interesting way, isn't it? So not only do you have to cross over with the rest of the Israelites, you've got to go first because your women and children and flocks are already safe. So you're going to go ahead of them and you are to help the rest of them until Yahweh gives them rest, just as he's done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land Yahweh your God is giving them. After that, you can go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of Yahweh, gave you east of the Jordan. So the tribes agreed that no one would have rest until all of them had rest. Every tribe would work together until all the tribes had conquered their land. And it took years. I mean, the book of Joshua is only like 24 chapters long, but it actually takes period over a long period of time. Now, you might have seen on the news how our footballers from WA are having to go to Queensland for a month to play games there and leave most of their family behind. And that's not an easy thing to do. 
But these guys left their wives and children over here and they were fighting for years. It's an even bigger sacrifice that these guys have made. You know, when I was in the army, one of the uh, exercises that we, that we did, um, we used to do just an inordinate amount of marching and running. And so you'd be dressed in your full battle gear and you'd be, you know, marching up a really long, steep hill. Think Greenmount Hill, right? Hills like that over in New South Wales. And what would happen would be that you'd get some guys who weren't quite as fit as the rest of us and they'd drop back and they'd be straggling, straggling behind the group. And you know what, the, you know what they, they did with the group? They didn't get us to stop. They didn't get us to say, okay, hold up and wait for these guys to catch you. No, no, we all had to go around, back down behind them, turn around and come back up and bring them back into the group. And we would keep doing that as, as many times as we had to because no one got to the top of that hill until everyone got to the top of that hill. In the same way, all of us are at different stages in our walk with God. You know, maybe some of us are very early or maybe some of us are struggling and others kind of feel like, hey, I'm doing pretty well. I think I'm pretty much there. I can rest. But we can't afford to sit and do nothing because we think we've got it all sorted out because many of our brothers and sisters don't. Selfishness is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. No one gets rest until all get rest. We are not just here for our own benefit. We are here for everyone's benefit. That's what it means to be family. And finally, in responding to Joshua, these tribes said something very interesting. And when you read what they say, you know that they must have heard, or at least Joshua relayed to them the message that God had given them. Right? Remember God said at the beginning of the reading that, that Oren gave to us um, that God told Joshua, be strong and courageous, and he promised that he would be with him. And so these tribes, when given this challenge, answered like this, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. I'm not sure if that's a promise or a threat, because you know what the Israelites were like. Only, only this, this is the condition. May Yahweh your God be with you just as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and doesn't obey it, whoever, command, whoever disobeys your commands will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So their response to Joshua was, look, we're going we're gonna to follow you just like we followed Moses as long as you remain courageous. Because when we see that you are strong and courageous, we will know that God is with you. And if God's with you, we're following you all the way. They are only one people because they serve one God. And so that was the challenge for Joshua. In order to keep all these tribes together, he had to continue walking with God. They weren't following him because he was Mr. Wonderful. They were following him because he was God's servant, because he was the person God had appointed. 
It was God who determined their national identity. You know, in the same way as we are the people of God, we are not here servants of the Yokine Baptist Council. We are not servants of Pastor Jason. We are servants of Almighty God. Paul put it this way. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In other words, don't follow me off a cliff. Only follow me when I'm walking in God's way. Only follow me when I'm giving you God's word. And this is the challenge for Joshua. It firstly came from God and then it came from his people. Absolutely will follow you as long as you walk with God. So Joshua has taken over the leadership of Israel from Moses. And these were incredibly large shoes to fill. But Joshua serves the same God that Moses served. And God has promised to be with Joshua just as he was with Moses. And that record of God's faithfulness in the past is proof that he is a God who will always be faithful in the future. And it's this assurance that gives Joshua strength and courage. It's also their shared service of this wonderful, faithful, powerful God that united the people of Israel. They all wanted rest. They all wanted to live at peace. But rather than each tribe sort of stopping and saying, well, you've won our piece of land, we can stop and rest now. Each tribe continued to work until all of the tribes had their rest. And that's what it means to be one people. To set aside your comfort. To set aside what you think you're entitled to for the benefit of others in the family. Not because any of us here have earned your loyalty. Simply because we serve the same God. A God who is loving and faithful and a God who has done everything necessary for our salvation so we can enter his rest. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises to Joshua. Lord, we thank you that your challenges to him were not based on his own ability, what were based on your faithfulness. They were based on the fact that you would be with him. And Lord, may we experience that same strength and courage that Joshua felt because we know you were with us and we know you are faithful. But Lord, help us also to be one people, to be people who serve the same God, to be people who are not content to rest when our brothers and sisters can't. But Lord, it's one in all in. We are here for each other, Lord. Help us, Father, to always be there for one another. Help us to always be there so that everyone can share in your blessings. Help us never to be selfish, Lord, but always to display your love and your generosity. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves afresh to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. As we um, close off this part of our service, and this is the part where we close off our our streaming side of things, I'd like to just uh, close in a blessing.
Eternal God, you call us to ventures on which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those that have donated to us online, enabling us to continue our ministry to the local community and beyond. It's because of you that our ministry is possible. Click the link in the description or visit yokinebaptist.church to find out other ways you can support us. If you enjoyed listening to this message, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.